Hey, welcome back to Maybe We'll Talk, a podcast where I talk to my friends on the phone. Uh, this is the third time I've recorded this intro, so maybe I won't explain. Let's just get into it. I'm having... Anyway, you know Windows? I was going to not explain. They did an update, and every piece of software... And I just figured out now that what it did is it changed... For some reason, I wonder if it goes like down the line of USB devices and picks the first uh, device with a microphone that it sees. But I've been, you know, I've every time Windows updates, I have to go and um, check all of my microphone impo- imports on all of my software and make sure that they're correct and not whatever Windows update has decided. And just just now, for the first time, I actually figured out that if you go into Windows sound settings that it chooses, it tells you what microphone it's chosen to be default. And uh, boy, every time Windows updates, it sure ruins just the routine of everyone I know. Is it, is it intentional? Is this part of the system? Do we need a little bit of chaos in order to thrive? Do we not know ourselves? Is it, you know, like the guy says, uh, the first Matrix was a paradise where people... Uh, sat around in baths of milk and honey. That's probably not what he says. Uh, but the human mind rejected it. You need to live in stink. It's the smell, you know. Um, today we are going to talk about The Dragon Reborn by Robert Jordan. This is the second part of our Dragon Reborn review. This is the third book in The Wheel of Time. And mostly today we're going to talk about chapter 22. Uh, Alex and I, I think we both felt like a lot of things happened and get revealed in chapter 22. So. Really, we're looking at probably chapters like 20 through 30. Is that really? Because I'm at 40 now and I only... Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, this is the the middle part of the review. And uh, we're about done. I'm going to record another episode with him talking about that and some other stuff. And uh, that'll be part three of this review. So this is part two, the middle child of our Dragon Reborn Review uh, coming up next, we've got Starfield. This might be a two-episode week, I think. Uh, Starfield review with uh, Saint and Alex is coming up within a couple days. And then we will be looking at Friday the 13th Part 2. We've got our Twin Peaks Season 1 coverage coming up. And uh, also Bo is Afraid, which uh, several of us watched and talked about. And uh, that's going to be a good one, and it might be a long one, and it will be pretty dark. So, like I said, this is this this episode is probably going to be relatively night light. Although I feel like I feel like it may just be my personality that's taking a dark turn, and I'm not uh, going to fight it this time. So. Yeah, the, this is going to be, as I said, a very dark, wet, damp, slick mossy, stormy, spooky season that we're uh, really just pushing on through. And it's going to be a long one. It'll last probably through November and we'll maybe forever. Maybe we'll... I mean, honestly, this has been a horror podcast the whole time. We've always, we've always been talking about dark stuff. It just seems like a couple of the recent ep- episodes have been going there. And uh, the bow episode will for sure... So that'll be coming up next week, maybe, depending on those other two things, being Friday the 13th and Twin Peaks. But obviously, we're watching a lot of stuff, talking about a lot of stuff. But today, we are going to talk about The Dragon Reborn for the second time. This is part two of our review of The Dragon Reborn by Robert Jordan. Thanks for being here. 
how is how is Jasper on these? How is how does Jasper find this fine autumn? That's how he is. <laughs> I, I'm I'm glad that he I'm glad that he now answers me on his own volition. <laughs> he answers questions for me. I don't need to answer for him. Say hi to Kuya. You want to say hi to Kuya? What's going on? I don't have um. I don't have my camera here. And mess on your feet. You're walking around in all your f leftover food that you keep dropping all over the place. You give him snacks in his playpen. He just drops half of it and walks all over it and then picks it back up and eats it again. <laughs> oh yeah, he's walking now, by the way. All right, that means uh, that means a lot more trouble. Oh yeah, <laughs> we got to get rid of the playpen and get some baby gates so that he's got more room to walk around in. Because he's doing like twenty or thirty laps in his little in his little playpen. Yeah, now he's like, okay, you really want to walk more than, yeah. than you have the ability to. Imagine having like. <laughs> well, that's good. It's good, it, <laughs> and I suppose it's good that you feel that way. But ima yeah. yeah, imagine having like I don't. I mean, I'm I'm I'm, 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 I'm comparing it to my experience. <laughs> I, I'm trying not to say imagine having a pet that can like walk around and open cabinets and talk and stuff, because that seems a little bit not yeah. nice to say. But like that's that's basically what it is. That's basically what it is. Like if the if the if and the creatures also, in my house could open cabinets, well, they do, <laughs> and couldn't feed themselves, and you are obligated to feed them for right. the next, you know, two years at least. At the very like, least, can moderately feed themselves. Yeah, I mean, but they can. Like, yeah, if I have to fall asleep in the middle of the day, all I have to do is lock the doors. <laughs> yeah. And they're even so relatively quiet. He can scream to wake me up if I, if he's having problems, or if he just decides that's enough sleepy yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, let's get yeah. everyone up. I've heard that cats and human infants are the only two things you have in your home that will intentionally wake you up. Like, will come and get you. Like a dog will not try to wake you up, but I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah. Well, a dog won't wake you up if it doesn't have food. A cat will wake you up if it doesn't have food. If a cat has any other problems, it's going to do what it can to solve those problems. If a dog has any other problems, it'll come and wake you up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess a lot of people put their so, dog in a crate. Yeah, so... <laughs> um, um, talk about Dragon Reborn around Jasper's trying to grab it and eat it. You already ate one of my books. You already ate one. You got one already. Entirely? He consumed <laughs> he it? No, no, no. He he tore up uh, the Great great Hunt because I fell asleep reading it near his playpen. He reached out and he grabbed it and he started tearing it apart and chewing on pages. I'm glad it wasn't a library book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Another thing you got to be worried about having children around if you have other people's possess or I mean, you know what? 
I'm not going to be surprised if a cat someday pukes right on a library book or destroys a library book some way. That's something also oh, yeah. a cat would do. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we are uh, at, we, end off at? We, uh, we have finished we have finished chapter 30 out of 56. So we are we have yeah. crossed the halfway point. Yeah, we're going to meet the woman of Tanchico next. That's a bar. Yes. That's yep. where we, that's exactly where we are at. I think we and ended on luck. Did we end on twenty two last time? Is that what we did? I think we ended on twenty. Uh, oh, okay. I'm not sure. Okay, I have a yeah, note yeah. that says Shira Shiriam is keeping watch on chapter twenty two. So I don't know if we talked. Did we? We did. We did talk. About, yeah. What is suspicious? Yeah, does he, what is Jasper's, what's Jasper's take on Sherium? Because um, that is sort of where we left off. We definitely, I feel like we left off around 20. I feel like we had Matt getting healed. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we're going right into Egg Yeah, the World of Dreams was the start. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, we talked about how it's going to be Egg next time, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, her first... uh, jaunt into the world of dreams uh she sees rand and rand says get out of here vampire i know you're trying to look like <laughs> you're not the real Agween. <laughs> my dad showed up my who else three people or just his, his dad? mom my dad and my mom and his mom he doesn't well, he did he he had a human mo- human mom <laughs> he had a villager mom yeah, yeah. He didn't. He didn't really know her. What he he said. Nynaeve came. He said his mom. No, was it his mom or was it Egwene's mom? Somebody offering him food that reeked of poison. Oh, it could have been Egwene's mom, the the innkeeper lady. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Um, yeah, I don't really. I don't recall if there is a situation with Tam. Even having a wife, or that, or there being a non-Aiel mother around, or if she was just around when Rand was small and he doesn't uh, remember she, her. She died when he was small. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so uh, was, yeah. She goes right for Rand in the dream world, and Rand is <laughs> get out of here, Kruger. I know your tricks. <laughs> Turning into my dad and shit. My dad, the police officer, sorry, I've been watching, um, you know. <laughs> My dad, the police officer, showed up, and he tried to put me into a movie, and then, and now it's you, Egwene. <laughs> yeah, well, any, anything else significant that she dreams about? She sees Perrin, and she sees oh. his birds, yeah. Everything that she dreamed about is very, very important. Oh well. <laughs> Everything in the world of dreams is very, very, very important. Anytime anything happens in the world of dreams, it's like well, because when you think about it, they're talking about her being a dreamer, and part of being a dreamer being having access to the world of dreams, right? Yes. And the other part being, you know, somewhat of a fortune teller, you know, being able to see the future in dreams. So, like, the future just is all over the place, at least, like, hints of the future is just all over the place whenever we visit Teller and Riyadh. And, uh, 
Yeah, you think that we as readers have visited this place before? Does Rand have access to this place? I guess we don't. Uh, we don't really know if that was really Rand, but we're gonna assume that if she's really yeah. in the real world um, of dreams, we've we've sort of seen it since book one, right? In like we've touched we've touched it at least here and there. There have been a lot one. of dream sequences, but, and they're yeah. And so this is kind of like the tying it together and like. The whole like when they feel like they're not in their own dream right when they're in places that they have no idea where it is or why it's like this something in their dream affects them in real life oh yeah they, it is yeah again specifically mentioned don't get cut up in this dream world because you will be in real world as well yeah uh, so we've had that so, we've had that rule or we've seen it happen We've seen people get injured oh, yeah. in dreams very clearly. Oh, the other <laughs> important thing in chapter 21 is Egwene's uh, ra being raised to the accepted, her test for the accepted. Is that in chapter 21 or 20? That's in chapter 22 is the test. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, 20, right, right, 21 right. is yeah. the dreams. And my the first thing I wrote down, other than Sherry, I'm keeping watch, is... I don't, I don't know, I, I, well, I don't have access to the second book anymore, but I made note that Egwene, during her tests, is first consumed, and then burned to ash, and then finally shredded in, 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 an, in, ex, in an extravagant way. The final one, they talk about how her shreds are shredded, and all of her fibers are shredded, and mm, yeah, she yeah, is, yeah. yeah, so she is, during also, her three tests, I don't know, it made me... I, I thought, yeah, I don't know. For some reason, the fact that she was destroyed in three completely specific ways. Um, yeah, I don't yeah. I don't know if I made a note uh, of that with that, Nynaever, but I could go look. There's also um, the 13, 13 Aes Sedai and 13 Mirjal can turn anyone who uses the one power to the dark, yes, to the dark side. That's a very that's an important that's an important tidbit that's revealed here. Yeah. Uh Egwene never held the oath rod. Right. When she was Amerlin. Uh that seems <laughs> impossible. Yes. Did someone well, it must it must not be an accident. It couldn't have been an accident. That, that yeah. you know, I mean, they were so to be for anyone listening, uh, I mentioned that Egwene, three bad things happened to her, but we've talked about this test before to become an Aes Sedai or a uh, what is the second kind of level? The uh, is it initiated or accepted? Accepted, yeah, the novice, the accepted, and then the Aes Sedai, yeah, right. So she goes through these three trials to see three things, and um, shit, where was I going? What was I gonna say about that? <laughs> I, well, I guess I guess that's the uh, to anyone listening. That's what happens. She she receives three visions, just like Nynaeve, Nynaeve did. Um, mm -hmm. And oh, well, that's what I was going to say. But something goes wrong. Uh, the Terangriel, the three arcs that she passes through to see her three visions, becomes glowing with violent, flashing colors uh, while she's inside of it. They go away somewhere. Sometimes they don't come back if mm -hmm. they choose to stay in their visions. Um. When she so she stays in there for too long, 
the tear angriel is freaking out and when they finally pull her out they're so concerned with healing her and making sure she's okay that no one makes her take the oath to not kill people uh no you don't take that oath until you become an ice to die oh what oath did so, she what yeah. oath did she take my name doesn't have that doesn't have, doesn't take those oaths either oh i thought they had oh was no, she, no, 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 no. is she supposed to hold something now after emerging i thought she was supposed to come out there was nope. something something in the language of that the way that was all presented made me feel like they they, they said something about how actually it was in one of her visions she looked back yes. and remembered that she had never held the oath rod. So I was like, are they going to make her do it? Or is she going to be special? I guess I didn't. Re I thought that that was when they made. So she's not supposed to. Is she supposed to swear anything not yet. during no, this? The, okay. oath rod is, the oath rod is only in, at the full Aes Sedai. Once you pass the test to become an Aes Sedai, you have to okay. swear the three oaths. It's stuck in my head because they mentioned it specifically in the future. So if we're going to rely on this future vision for anything, also Elida blows in the future. Yes. She's Black Aja, very clearly. Very clearly. Um, um, so we don't know, and Egwene doesn't know what to do with that information. Although, you do have to consider, like, if they did try to turn uh, the Keeper to the dark side, like, they could easily have done it to Aleda as well. Sure. Yep. Yeah, and apparently, they have enough... Well, we don't know if they're traveling with 13 Mirjal, but they could probably get those guys to hop around. And, yeah. Yeah. So, the 13 Black Aja that have left the tower, they have the ability mm -hmm. to maybe... It is, it is at least speculated that they can forcibly um, turn someone to the dark side, which is... A little scary. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say, like, this this section that we're going through is super packed, so we might have to split it between today and tomorrow, because I'll have to go to work somewhat soon, like half an hour or so. No problem. But, I, I got uh, tomorrow. I, I, will... I want to go through all of it. Cause, like, okay. So, I'm like, none of it's really spoilery, but just, like, it's all super, super important to, like, Egwene and, like, who she is and how she ends up. And, like, this is why I say, like, I understand her, where she okay. is, why she's there. That doesn't mean that I like her. Sure. <laughs> because, like, this is important. Like, she says it later when she's crying uh, in Nynaeve's lap, but, like, each one of these is just her abandoning Rand. Like, and she the just baby. has to, like, traumatically abandon Rand to die <laughs> several times over to the worst possible fates. <laughs> That's something, so. that, that is something that she should accept, like, personally. Like, she should, this, this is an yeah. important lesson for her. <laughs> exactly the way that you should give that lesson to someone. <laughs> it tends to create trauma, you know? <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so, like, the way that, like, she distances herself from people, like, and, like, trying to un being like, understanding of people, like, I get it, because, like, she goes from Landrin kidnapping her and having her, you know, beaten Inst to... Yeah, worse than enslaved, maybe, you know, yeah. 
Yeah, nearly to the point of slavery, and then coming back to immediately, oh, by the way, all, you're fated to let the man that you love just die over and over and over again for all eternity. <laughs> she doesn't really have a good time to grow up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's it, a lot. This kind of sticks her in that spot where, like, I think, again, like, this is why I understand. Like, I I understand psychologically. She's stuck here because of this. Like, she's stuck at that mindset, that maturity level, because this happened. You know, like this set of events and that, happens so quickly and like quickly, quote unquote, like in, in quick succession. Sure. This is like months of her being beaten to slavery, and then like maybe a week of downtime. You know not like traveling stress like a week of downtime being back to like this is well scrubbing daily pots. novice life before scrubbing yeah. pots is what i said <laughs> oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> i mean yeah but like it's it's it was at least you know like a normal thing and like something that you could like start processing all of the trauma that you've just been through but nope just pile more trauma on that <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, now super unresolvable trauma that now, you can't possibly get through on top of trauma that you haven't processed yet. Like <laughs> now it is time for emotional turmoil. <laughs> uh, to for the icing, yeah. Uh and it's almost it and, and you know, like it really this might be a strange yeah. thing to say, but I think this happens to a lot of people. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't think quite at this level, but it is. Like, that's why. That's why. Like, I understand it because, like, it's a documented psychological thing. Yeah, like having people like have trauma after trauma, and like being able to unresolve, like not being able to resolve the trauma because they become like intertwined. And like, there's no if you don't sit down with a therapist for a few years. Yeah, you know, that's that's your where, way through it. That's how you get multiple personalities, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And like, so on top of that, every single time she's not just abandoning Rand, she's abandoning her daughter. Her baby. She's abandoning <laughs> the entire city of Camelin. She's abandoning, you know, her keeper who was stilled, you know, <laughs> basically yeah, given a death sentence. That's terrible. <laughs> Is it Shiriam? In the no, her keeper? I, oh, okay. It's it's a green, oh, okay. it's a green Aja, which is why she asks another important thing. She asks uh, Alana, "What does it mean to be a green?" Yes. What does it mean to be green Aja? And I love, I love how it's like, oh, you know, lighthearted answer. And she's like, no, there's there's a deeper meaning. And Alana's like, yeah, we we are the battle Aja. We're there to stand against the dreadlords. Like, oh, all right. Because they're like, because, you know, they have the, like, it, it's this, like, they, so many people, like, paint the greens, especially, like, the other Ajas paint the greens as, like, oh, they just, like, really love men, and, you know, they're very free with their, you know, love and affection for men, and they're like, yeah, that's the way that we pull them in, but we always choose warriors, because, like, we're going to be on the front line and we need to have a whole group of warriors with us to yeah. hold the front line. Like, it's not just like, we, we have fun now and we love now because when we're at war, that just shuts off, you know? 
and we need to we need to be ready. So, I I love that. I love that. Uh, we did not. We kind of we did not specifically mention, other than the fact that the keeper is usually the same as the Amarillin. But um, in the in yeah. her vision, she was um, Egwene was green. This chapter is. Uh, is that yeah, kind kind of. She she remembers she remembers a lot about the green Aja. I don't think it specifically mentions mentions her being raised from the green. It but says, she like she remembers she sees the keeper stole as green and yes. she remembers that the keeper is raised from the same Aja as the Amarillin, but she doesn't right. say that she remembers being okay. raised from the green. Okay, but the nature of the keeper is it that that line is there. That's where I got that. Yes. Indication. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Well, that's a very intentional indication. <laughs> okay, interesting. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just like the mentioning again of getting injured in your dreams seemed very intentional at the time. Kind of mm-hmm. And we are we're getting a lot of we're getting a lot of the uh sort of mechanics here. We're getting, you know, more info about a lot of the colors actually. Oh, yeah. We get a little breakdown of like four very briefly of the colors talking about the whites and yeah, the greens. Yeah, the, the kind of overview, mm-hmm. which is, I think, really interesting. The one that she doesn't mention. Uh, is it I mean, gray? Is the gray one the one that we haven't talked yes. about? Okay. Yes, the gray Aja. And they're a very important Aja that nobody pays any attention to. <laughs> less, so, less so than even the white, which... Is impressive considering that the white is obviously just the philosophers. Yeah, know. they're sitting they around eating olives. Logic. <laughs> yeah, talking about uh, Theseus's ship and shit. They're talking <laughs> about that basilisk that's going to come in the future. Morocco's <clears throat> basilisk. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this chapter is called the. This chapter is called the cost of the ring. And uh, there's, this is still chapter oh. 22. This is still like, wait, oh, yeah, this yeah. is, this has all been the chapter price. 22. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, price of the ring. Oh, price of the ring. Okay. And uh, yeah. it also, and I mentioned that because it is inferred that maybe someone says, well, sometimes when, or someone says one time there were two Terangriel in the same room and they almost went nuclear or something. So Yes, that's I'll, a very double double sided meaning of like this is the price of her earning the right her uh, ring, her ring which is on her finger, accepted, but also the price of getting that ring uh, to be able to go to Teleran Riyadh. She has yes. I don't know. I feel like I don't know if we've mentioned it, but I feel like she received this ring in ten through twenty two, which we talked about last time. Um. But it is a large stone ring, which is a terangriel, which she, which she is, which she does use in chapter mm-hmm. twenty-one to go to. Can you say so, the name of the whole? What's the place called? What's the dream world called? Teleran Riyadh. Teleran Riyadh. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, the cost of the ring. I mean, it's certainly the plain interpretation of the price of the ring yeah. is she goes through a lot of emotional turmoil and is given a ring, but. Mm-hmm. It could be that this big stone ring that is with her is dangerous. Also, all of those yeah. sneaky Aes Sedai probably take a look at her 
text messages while she's in the other dimension. <laughs> Possibly. I they do get... like that you mentioned that that, uh, that note that the last time that something like that happened to uh, Terangriol yeah. had the same, had similar functions from the same room. Yeah. Because... Ooh. Yeah. Yes. That's the implication. <laughs> oh, I'm not sure so, if I even. Wow, I didn't even put that one together. <laughs> yeah, I didn't either until like my second or third read through. I was like, oh, oh, that's and like that's why the um, like when they went in with protections, it caused so many issues, right? Okay, yeah. Because. Uh, like ostensibly an infinite number of worlds exist, including worlds where the one power doesn't exist. So right. How does the one power function in a world where the one power doesn't exist? Yeah, how would you even get back? <laughs> so you know Does anyone would get trapped on Earth? <laughs> that would be funny. That would be interesting to know. Um Someone goes. Someone goes into the the testing arc and ends up in like Nebraska and is like, "Well, there's no magic here. I guess I have to start a farm." Oh, we also met Alvierin. Very minor note on her. Alvierin. <laughs> yes. W- who was she? She was. She was the white who took part in the t- in Egwene's ah, test. Okay. That's it. That's all okay. you got on her for now. All right. So, so we get her name. We get a name. Okay. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't write you down know. that name. Okay, Come on, we got. I mean, there's. I mean, these, especially, especially in Tarvalon, among the White Tower with the Aes Sedai, there are a lot of. Well, I guess there are a lot of named characters because. I imagine really they all end up being important. Type. Yeah, right. Yeah, I imagine that they're all very important. Yeah. So we got Alvier in the White. Okay. Yeah. At the test, and then after after all that, she goes to Nynaeve and she cries. She's so sad. She left her baby. She left um, her baby. She left the man that she loves multiple times. She left people that she cared about. I'm annoyed with Rand. Yeah. Not not his actions. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess it's annoying. I guess it's annoying that he has just fucked off. I guess it is his actions. Yeah, I I mean yeah, but also I kind of understand. I like, mean, I might I might feel like we should be with Rand and not with all these other characters. That might be what annoys yeah. me. No, I, oh yeah, <laughs> that might oh, yeah. be it. <laughs> you want to know what's happening to Rand because you're like he's he's the main character, this right? Is a, he's he, the main character, and that's why like I love I love so much like. This book is the start of like, no, Rand's not the main character. What are you talking about? Like, yeah, he's he's like clearly a critical point in the story and like things are revolving around him, but he's not the main character. Like he's not the only one here. It would be like saying Dracula was the main character. Yes. He's an anime main character in his storyline, but that's not... Van Helsing is the main character in the Dracula lore sure yeah the protagonist well what there's a group of protagonists but yeah yeah, yeah. um but it's not 
You don't even, yeah, Dracula is in, is important and the story surrounds him and, uh, you know, weaves around his actions, but yeah, he's not who we spend a lot of time with. Yeah. I mean, we do, we, in, in a way it's different because we do spend a lot of time with Rand and that's why, like, it's so jarring, but I also feel like in a good way it's jarring because it's like, it's, I think this is what, uh, Fickle was talking about where it's like it's a break in the uh like pacing the plot sure because yeah. like it just shunts you out of like you know Rand is the dragon reborn dragon reborn things need to be happening to like other people are like the, the rest of the world exists the world is progressing outside of Randolph <laughs> I'm gonna I like, will this is the rest of the world yeah um it does not escape me that the title of this book is The Dragon Reborn. <laughs> and we have it, although I guess Dracula is the title of Dracula. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. He, uh, I, you know, I, I think this Robert Jordan guy, he's pretty damn smart. <laughs> there are a lot of echoes. This is full of echoes to everything. Sorry. Yeah. This one feels like, I'm glad. I like, I've, it, it, and, Fickle is right, and it feels like we're going somewhere now. And maybe it's fine. Like, honestly, this one feels more like part of a series than the first two. The first two, we kind of, well, obviously, you have to yeah. get a hang of what's going on with everyone there. Yeah. Before. That's, that's kind of what I was saying, too, how, like, how the story progresses. If you remember back in the first one, like, it, it starts very focused, like, on just the three boys and, like, their journey, and, like, it splits out a little bit, and, like, it kind of gives you a little bit more of a feel of the world. And then like it, it ends like slightly more open than it started. And then the next one starts, you know, really focused on one specific aspect and then, you know, it splits out into the world and then kind of focuses a little bit more at the end, but still like much more open than at the start. And like everything in the series just keeps doing that same thing where like you're expanding further and further into the world and like you see more and more of the world and like you it definitely again starts accelerating at third book you know somewhat early on in the story it starts accelerating we're getting a lot of info but also movement yeah, yeah also progression really really yep things are happening and, yeah. and like the this is like the third book is that that critical point for the first two books and also for every book after it, but like for the series, this book is, is that for the series. Sure. That's why yeah. I love like so much. Like you said, it's echoes. It's like echoes of itself. Yep. Even. Oh yeah. No, I mean, absolutely. I mean, that's almost, yeah. I don't, I don't know if we've heard that specifically. <laughs> I don't know if we've heard the word echo used to describe any kind of phenomena, but I almost feel like it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I I keep gushing about it. I I love this series so much because it's it's so. Is it is it about everything? That's what I say about Stephen yeah, King. Is it about yeah, time? yeah, <laughs> yeah. It is, it, and that's it's recur. It's recursively everything, you know. Yeah. And it's, I just I love it. <laughs> there is a certain type of. And it, I mean, it goes back to what we were talking about, how Egwene's experience is being very real, even though she's shooting off to various dream worlds and getting threatened mm -hmm. by eyeless men. 
but like yeah when i say yeah when i say that something is about everything and there are very few things that i will describe that way they are really about a lot of different aspects of the human experience and uh mm-hmm. i don't like, know i don't know if that's something that can be that you can fuck up i think if you actually hit that if you actually hit truth your work is going to be good i think that I think that work that is sloppy and bad usually does not have any kind of that truth in it. So, yeah, like you can't you can't connect to it really easily. Yeah, like human love. Oh my god, yeah. that might that might be what I mean when I say this is yeah. about everything. It might just mean that I I have something I can actually relate to in this story. That yeah. might be what it well, is. <laughs> I think it's more than that, though, for this series, because like we've gotten a lot of a lot of that like ability to connect already but like like i said like this is a this is a like series about like coming of age at all ages you know oh yeah like yeah certainly that's certainly a a coming of age experience not a good one not one that everyone has but it's something that you can like if it's happened to you you can connect to it if you've known anyone that it's happened to you can connect to it and like you can see her like path through life from this point, like based on how that thing, how those things happen. And you can like make the connections um, to it. You know, you can say like, Oh, you know, I totally see myself doing that same thing that she's doing. And like, I can see how like now looking at it from other people, looking at her doing it to people, I can see like how other people are viewing the things that I'm doing. You know, it's almost like not replacing a therapist, but it's therapeutic in a way. Okay. Um, yeah, like, uh, think, that type of self-examination is, you know, crazy. Yeah, I think that's that's kind of the crux of coming-of-age novels is that, like, touching that point of, like, watching somebody else go through the things that you're going through in yep. life, like how they grow through it and how like the world views them you know growing through it yeah how they uh yeah it's almost i don't want to talk about the monomyth but we're sort of touching on that also that everyone has a guardian at the gate that they have Mm -hmm. to meet and you know process and uh you know yep hi fickle hi thrash we're talking about we're mainly we're mainly have talked for about a half an hour about chapter 22. Yeah. That's basically and that's I mean I think maybe yeah, maybe we'll leave it there for today cuz next we have Matt beating up the boys. Oh yeah. But chapter 22 Chapter 22 Matt's. is a lot of yeah. Yeah, 22. Well, technically we went through 23 as well. Oh, 23, 23 is her 23 is them crying afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what book is this? Uh, this is the third book. Yeah, the third book of the Wheel of Time. Yeah. Okay. No clue. <laughs> we talked about well, we've been reading the Wheel of Time. I mentioned it to you. Well, several at this point, like six months ago, probably we've been spending about two months on each of these. Oh wow! Actually, this was when we first when we first started talking about book club. These were the uh, those were the books that we started doing. But right let's, uh, yeah, yeah, um, let's, let's, yeah, all right, Jasper, everybody meet Jasper.
like I feel like he yearns for language. I think that if he had one wish, it would be the ability to tell me exactly what he wants and also to fuck off. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's what he that's what his cry is saying. I wish I could speak so I could tell you to fuck off. He is a sweet baby. I think he's probably grateful in his own way. All right, so mm-hmm. after all of that eggween stuff, Matt beats up the bros. He beats up the yes. damaged boys. While starved, half-starved. Because he can't stop eating like the Incredible Hulk. But... Yep. I can't help but... You wouldn't like him when he's hungry. There was... There is something that... Well, I, I, I had the idea that something was up due to his touching of his ancestral past, right? But I didn't put it together yes. until after Chapter 30 that he had placed a bet on this combat that he engaged <laughs> in. Is that what it's going to be? Yep. Is he going to realize that as long as he's betting on something, he's going to have the upper hand? Uh, not really. We're getting ahead of, of um, a little bit, we'll but find out, we'll find out more about it yeah. later. But like, yeah, no, that that's more of uh, like remember most of the ancestry that we've seen from him are like soldiers, like career yes. soldiers and birds. Everyone's got birds. So, Yes. Um, yeah. Well, I guess yeah. And so what like, I was that getting in touch with his ancestry is like, like he, he's more of a soldier than obviously also a gambler because something's up. You know, yeah. everything about him has to do with gambling. <laughs> in chapter thirty, which is and where we left meets, off. Uh Go go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say he uh, meets Elsie Grinwell. Yeah. I don't know if uh, you noted that or not. Yeah, I'm definitely what I'm. Yeah, I got ahead of uh, everything. I did note that also that she was. um... Well, let's talk about. Elsa Grinwell, uh, at one point, she's probably... Well, first of all, actually, we learned that she's not even there. At all. Yes. Yeah. Okay. In a little bit. We learned that she's not even yeah. there. Yeah. I'm kind of getting ahead of us, of, of us because, yeah, I'm thinking about Chapter 30, which is when it is revealed that, at least for one night, Matt cannot lose at gambling. Does he lose at all? Does it just say he wins every he wins every round? He's playing Yahtzee and he's rolling uh, five sixes every roll. That's people would kill you today in he, this in my house. Eventually. Like, <laughs> yeah. Without, but he's doing it not with his own dice. You know, he's doing it right. with somebody else's yeah, yeah, dice yeah. that has been rolling not sixes all the time. Yeah. So I didn't oh, mean yeah. to get to to get ahead of uh, us, but. We also talked. There are also some magic dice in the tower. We talked about magic dice that exist. Yes, but that's not what yeah. he's using. Uh, because no, 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 no. Because that was taken by the 
Black Aja. That's why we know about it. Maybe they extracted the powers of the magic dice and implanted them on Matt to use him as their puppet. Interesting. That would be interesting. That would be a strange thing to do. We've heard uh, that they can, you know, influence people. Uh, maybe more than influence. With their with their thirteen bros and thirteen yeah. sisters. Um, uh, I uh, I'm glad that you caught Elsie, for sure in that chapter. Um, yeah, we see her twice, and, and then on. we yeah. I didn't catch that until my second read through. Well, you know what? You had mentioned Else in like book one, so now she's super on my radar. Okay. Yeah. So they like the fact. In fact, like yeah. So now Alvieran, anyone that you specifically point out is on my list of people to look for. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. So I noticed, yeah. So I noticed her when Matt encountered her. And then obviously we saw her again. Mm-hmm. And then the third time was, I sent Els home a month ago. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> It's that bitch Celine. Right. It's fucking Celine sneaking around using Obfuscate 3. Yep. <laughs> this was all a shroud to get you to read more about vampires. Well, I'm always <laughs> thinking about vampires. Oh, yeah. Well, you mentioned it in the first book, too, that Maureen... To use his presence. Used, yeah. Hey. And in fact, that's being... Uh, the Dark Friends are specifically... I wrote down Dark Friends use presence. I might That might have just been a reference to Celine, because Celine definitely uses. And in fact, I had this... I had a conversation with Fickle. I don't think you were here. Um, he was talking about how it also kind of seems that people maybe don't forget about Celine once she's gone, but it doesn't really seem like people discuss her or think about her when she's not there like Egwene almost immediately is just kind of oh there was this other lady here you know like people kind of don't seem it doesn't yeah. seem like people are yep. thinking about what Celine's up to so she's yes. got some vampire yep. powers yeah <laughs> <laughs> and yeah Moraine also uses presence in the first book um she yeah yeah, actually, I wrote down Elsa's so, name next to 24 and 25. Yeah, yeah, so those are the chapters. We see her right back-to-back, really. Yep. Matt sees her and, and then that's like, It's funny because the first, time, the first time I read through it, like I didn't think anything about it. Because there's so cause, many like, background characters with connect. names. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, like, even... Even with like, oh, I sent Elsie away, like the timeline is kind of skewed and awkward here where it's like it's hard to tell when, yeah, like how close together exactly things are happening. So I figured, you know, oh, Matt was the last one who saw the real Elsie when I first read through it. Possible. And I read through it again. I'm like, wait, no, that doesn't make any sense. Because did she say a month ago for him? Uh, she said 10 days ago. Okay. But 
he's awake for all of three days before, before yep, so. he takes off in the city. That's right. So literally impossible. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. But but like it does it does do a lot of like weird time time skip things around here and so this is sort of immediately clear to me until the second read through exactly what happened exactly and why she on. was trying to avoid him touching her. Oh, okay, yeah. And why she was speaking so not not like a farm girl. And kind of off-putting and kind of like a sense of I'm I don't curious. really have time for yeah. this, Matt. Like, who were you again? Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to be here talking to you right now. Yeah, and uh, then we have a uh, plot Egwene again. A sneaky plot. Yes. Fake else delivers fake information for a, a fake dungeon. Uh, it. Yeah. Uh, Egwene learns how to uh, rust metal, forcibly rust metal. Oh, is that is that what is happening? Or is she just finding the secret weaknesses? Kind of. I read it as uh, she just she could sense where like the weaknesses and the bonds were and just weaken the metal kinda. Yeah. More more or less. But like I like the easiest way to understand or represent that would be rust, right? Sure. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, she she rusted it without a chemical component, more or less. Okay, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Weakened it without actually, yeah. Um, yeah. So there's, and so that is part of, yeah. So they break into a room in the dungeon. <laughs> Whoa, yeah. All right, first one today. Good morning, Jasper. Yeah. How are we doing? <laughs> How, yeah. Good to hear from you, Jasper. I like it when he weighs in. Yeah. I hope he's ready for today. Yeah. Oh, he's ready. And so the girls are not sure if the evidence they... So else, what, what fake else says is that the belongings of the Black Aja that left the tower have been gathered up and kept in this specific room mm -hmm. that is locked, that they have to weaken the metal with magic to get into. And... Uh, they find out a lot of clues that makes it look like the Black Aja are going to tear. However. Yes. Soon they are basically told that this definitely was a plot that was, well, they're told that it was a plot to set, to make them believe that they should go to tear. Yes. But who knows I mean, what anyone... Yeah. Even, even like a cursory consideration of it, yeah. was like they had that idea. They, they were like, they, "This is planted evidence." As soon as they saw it, yeah. Well, even even if it wasn't, like, why were they arranged into like the thirteen bundles the way that they were? Why were they not like? Why were they separated out by who had the thing? Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. I'm like, I feel like 
what is described like they're arranged in a circle around the room i feel like that was it was described that way which is also like really weird like that's not huh do you think maybe they went down there with their dirty laundry and stood in a circle and teleported away after locking the door could be maybe but the girls think it is planted evidence and then the amaryllin says yes that was planted yeah. evidence however uh the truth and i said i says is not always the truth um i got two questions and one of them is out of nowhere not the truth you think it is sure uh, the one that's out of yes. nowhere is, is the queen an Aes Sedai, or was she trained as an Aes Sedai, or she's, I know she's involved with them, and now she's mad at them, but I felt like she at least had training, or had been to the Morgase? tower. Yes. Yeah, Morgus had training as an Aes Sedai, however, she was too weak to even become, like, an accepted. Okay, okay. Yeah, I was thinking about that, because obviously she, it was very important to her that her daughter heir uh, go for training. And I and obviously she's you know, she had she was on good terms with Tarvalon, although now she's mad. My other question: This is about Chapter Twenty Seven. Who is this yes. Korean Nadil person anyway? Uh, Korean Nadil was the last dreamer that the White Tower. Had. Oh wow! Okay, I didn't. It. Okay, I it once. Uh, in book two, the last book I was about Baron to say, yeah, about it with her, yeah, when she gave her the ring, the uh, twisted stone ring. Okay. Terangriel. Yeah, 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 yeah. The the, yeah, dr- the dreamy ring. This, okay. Yeah, she said this is this is the this is one of the Terangriel that Karina Nedial studied last. And uh, it turns so. out that at least at least a lot of the Terangriel that were taken, maybe all, maybe maybe we don't know if the entire catalog was most recently examined by Korean Nedial, oh. but uh, the ones that were taken, a, a great majority yes. of them, were last examined by Korean Nedial. Who has passed I, years I ago? I believe it specifies that 13 of them are were last studied by Korean and Nedial. And they took more than 13. They took more than 13, but In, 13 specifically mm-hmm. were were last studied by Korean and Nedial. So. All right, that's suspicious. But Korean mm-hmm. is no longer with us. Yes. She, I believe... She's one of the warning stories about not deal, uh, not messing with uh, the dream place, Terangriol. Oh, or Terangriol in yeah. general. Uh, and and then Pete showed up to actually to talk about some business we had to take care of, and uh, then he talked to us a little bit about the Dragon Reborn and other things. Here's that. I'm gonna talk about Dragon Reborn and when Sean Connery showed up as a dragon, and it was awesome. And then. The girl from Terminator. Show. That was the best part of the book, honestly. Was it Linda Hamilton? Like, no, I was talking about when Daenerys showed up because she played Sarah Connor 
in like the last bastion of Terminators. Oh, she was in Dragonheart with Sean Connery? No, but she was the mother of dragons, and I would assume if a dragon has to be reborn, it has to come from a mother. Yeah, uh, in this book, it's a it's a pregnant lady that fights with a sword and kills a bunch of people and then uh, squirts out a dragon. From the sword? No, out of her body. She's pregnant. What? That's <laughs> It's a I understand that the way I phrased the sentence sounded like the no, sword. The I sword game breath. Professionally troll people. So okay. I'm going to, um, that. What's going on now in the Dragon Reborn? Is that we got we kind of have a girl team and a boy team, although the boy team is is split up right now. But the girl team is going on an investigation because a bunch of evil of bad witches. There's 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 like a bunch of. There's seven kinds of witches. Let's just we'll put it that way. One of them is bad, and a bunch of witches turned out to be bad, and they left a bunch of planted evidence. Maybe they planted a bunch of evidence, but I think our girls are going to tear anyway. Is that where they're going, Alex? Yes, they're yeah. going to tear with the blessing of the of the principal witch. She's like, go on some more sneaky adventures. I'll tell your mom that. Uh, you f I'll tell your mom you escaped. What does she say she's going to tell the queen? She says something like, it'll be easier if I tell her that you just escaped than if <laughs> she thinks I'm sending oh, you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, basically, she said, she said, like, I can tell her, like, because, because I've done everything I can to keep Elaine from being with you guys, I can tell her that I, like... I didn't like. I hadn't planned for her. Yeah. To leave, like, I didn't try to put her in this position. Right. Had, and it's interesting that she says, yeah. "I can tell her this because of these things." Because the thing, part of the thing, Pete, about these witches is that they swear, they they cannot lie because they've sworn on a magic stick that makes them unable to lie. So they have to be extremely manipulative <laughs> and make you know. Yes, exactly. It's a witch legal system that we have going on here. Yes. Which lawyers? Yeah, really, really, really. Uh, but yeah, she basically she says all that so she can say. So basically, I can tell the queen that I don't know where you are. <laughs> I, Not exactly. Okay, I would like to ask for an opinion from you two because I respect your opinion as gamers. Great. And you said which lawyers? So mm -hmm. I have I have the opportunity to change up my character for Kevin's D and D game. Okay. Okay. And I have several topics I'm working on, and all of them are um, exciting to me. Okay. So the least exciting one is the fallen Asimar participant who built his own wings, because essentially he's playing like a Sauron devil character who got kicked out of heaven for the yeah. celestial. Yeah. He's got the mercy that wings. One seems like it's very straightforward, and I might not actually enjoy that one long term. That seems like a one-off. He's fun in battles but not much else then i started playing around with a <laughs> a level 11 bard is that where you guys are level 11 yes i do i love my bard in bg3 i mean it doesn't matter where they are <laughs> you can have a level one a level one campaign with level 20 bard that bard is going to die in the very first session <laughs> i have to give it a different twist because i've played musical bards and I've played chaotic bards. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to play a chaotic evil bard whose 
talent, his college of lore type thing. Yeah. It's not, that's, that's its own thing. You, he is a They're not, talent. aren't they? They're not colleges? I thought bards come in colleges, or is so it something College else? of lore is something specific. Oh, oh okay, okay. Are you okay. going to, are you going to have him narrate the journey? No. His, his talent is that he tells stories about these horrible, vicious murders that have been committed. And these okay. horrible, debaucherous acts that he that has taken place, but it's all going to be autobiographical, and he's going to be a serial killer, but <laughs> he's going to be so deadpan about it that people won't know. Kind of like um, he's he's loosely based on Patrick Bateman from American Psycho. Okay. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. So he is a happy, yeah, I like that. Well communicative mergers and acquisitions, murders and executions. That's right. Uh-huh. I just I just listened to a whole. It's funny, you bring up the bard thing. Um, Was that somebody like posted a description of the stat block of like what stats mean in D and D? Strength is the ability to squish a tomato. Dex is the ability to dodge a tomato. <laughs> Constitution is the ability to eat a bad tomato. Uh, intelligence is knowing that a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is knowing that. Uh, it doesn't go in the salad. Tomatoes don't belong in a fruit salad. <laughs> Charisma is being able to sell a uh, tomato-based fruit salad. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Somebody that... responded with, isn't tomato-based fruit salad just salsa? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. Wow. I found the bard. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I, I have found that Charisma is an excellent stat to have in BG3, so I really like my bard. Charisma doesn't get used enough, and I, I feel like I talk about that every time I play a video role-playing game, that charisma and social skills get ignored, and they get ignored on the table, too. And I even, even well, I mean, I guess the last session we played was a very specific thing, but I even feel like in Vampire there are certain stats like awareness and athletics that are just so much heavier in use. But I, that might be my job, and I kind of, you know, I try to use everyone's different stats. But when yeah. you're, but if you're I doing mean, combat, it's like awareness and athletics are definitely things you want. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I I feel like vampire though, like a lot of the time you're not in control of the story. Oh yeah. Like you, yeah, not like you D&D. are attempting to control the story. That's exactly what like, it's like. Like as players. <laughs> yeah, as players, like you you try to affect the story and then like there's these like elder vampires who can come in at any second and just like completely demolish your entire team so you need to be ready to run at any at any moment's notice sure yep. so like absolutely awareness and uh, and athletics, athletics yeah. are just going to be the primary thing in general those are big vampires yeah. you're trying to get away from the big evil um I don't. I don't know what I was going to do. So I like the idea. I like the Patrick Bateman bar for sure. Okay. So between yes, and the other one is going to be another. Uh, it's, it's. I don't know where I would go with it. So it's more of an idea, not really a concept yet. Or it's a concept, not a fleshed out character. But I was going to do a level eleven, um, bard, like ambassador. Okay. The, it's going to be a very meta character where he is going to be essentially a rules lawyer in the game. So, like, <laughs> okay, okay, his talent will be knowing how to avoid the law and knowing how to get around rules and like be sneaky about it while be, and like being essentially being able to be a bard, rules lawyer. 
I, the, rules yeah, I think that's really it's great. An actual, like, an actual uh, adventurer lawyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that like he would help negotiate treaties with the goblins and stuff? Yeah, I love that. Clearly, I love that because that's basically my character in Vampire. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it's the exact opposite of my character in Vampire. Yeah. Although it's not because my character <laughs> exactly. is playing his rules like to the T in the most obnoxious way possible. Yeah. I have yeah, say, you have. I apologize for any. I, I apologize to Mark daily. Um, oh, you shouldn't. My character. <laughs> you don't have to apologize to Mark. It's okay. He's doing. Okay. He's he's, <laughs> he's he's not as open about <laughs> the the vampire chaos that he's causing. But oh no, I know, I know. I, I, <laughs> it's I, there. <laughs> I I have some ideas of what his character can do and what he is probably doing. Yeah, he's and doing I can't things. Wait for it to mix with what I'm doing. I can't wait until there's a full on soccer match like in the game. Oh god, yeah. I don't even know how we're gonna do that. But we'll do it with tabletop simulator. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Exactly. Perfect timing. All right. There goes another phone interview. Do you read books at all? Me? Yeah. I can't read. Okay. I mean, that I said that for, for 10 years when people asked me. Well, no, I can't. So I, I try to read. Okay. You've seen my bookshelf. Yeah, it's I got a lot of books on it. I've read, so certain things I can read easily. The majority of them are... The Cimmerillion? Unfortunately, it is. I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense. I mean, it's like a history book if you like, you know... I don't uh, like history books. Exposition. Though. I don't. Huh. Yeah. You just like elves. I do like elves. Yeah. They're very tall and sexy. Um, I can read anything by Douglas Adams. Cover oh, yeah. Cover one oh, Um. How about Terry Pratchett? No, I can't. I tried. Very similar writing style, I feel. Oh, I know. My wife has every single Terry Pratchett book on this shelf. Oh, boy. She is a Terry Pratchett super fan. Oh, boy. I guess I should talk to her. Do you want me to do you want to do a book club with her cuz she likes book clubs? I we could I mean, when I first before we started talking about Wheel of Time, I was saying that we should do Discworld, maybe not in order, but she just finished We Free People, Free We People. I'm not, yeah, I'm not familiar. I don't know the whole series for sure. Oh, yeah, she, yeah. So, but I'll talk I to will... her maybe on Saturday, you know. I'll... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you could start that and then definitely I think she would enjoy an online book club with people. Especially because she can come into this room and put like the headphones fun. on and ignore everyone else for a little while. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, tell, so tell ask her what she thinks about the wheel of time because that's mainly what we're looking at. Obviously, I look at other things in between, but but anyway, since I started taking Vibance, reading has become easier. Cool. And I haven't pushed it to the point of breaking my brain yet, but I don't know where to go next. Obviously, I should read Buick Eight. Um, it's sitting next to me, and it angers me. Don't let it I anger also, you. I also see like. The Acid House, which I borrowed from you 30 years ago. Really? That's There's some good stories in there. You left that in my room, and then... It's a collection. It is. Yeah. It is. I've tried. They um, made a movie. They did. It was bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was also able to read The Dark Tower somehow. 
the whole series. Yeah, that's very interesting. Except yeah, although, book, six, hmm. book six, I could not do. Yeah, then you know what? That's that's correct. That's the, that's the that's that's what that's what people say. That's the correct answer. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Six is fucking weird. There, I don't. Yeah, it's also there's a lot of upsetting pregnancy imagery. Yeah. Well, that wasn't even like I just didn't care. It's that. no, but that's yes. Yeah. Not only does it upset people. Uh, my phone's ringing and it might be important. Okay. I got to go uh, take my kids to the doctor. So I will see you all later. Sorry for right, interrupting your club. I'm sorry again. I derail everything in my life. Bye. Be fun. <clears throat> Hello. Okay. I am returned. Uh, All right. Yeah. Um, Back to the Dragon Ball and Teleran Riyadh. So the actual chapter with Teleran Riyadh, where she she starts dreaming. Something about her father being tormented by white cloaks. Is that a? Is there a? Or does she even like? That's actually something where. I feel like she mentions very briefly that she had a dream about her father and white cloaks, but that in her in her like yeah. internal monologue, she's kind of like, "I don't think that was real, though." Which 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 made me go, "Uh oh." Yep. Yeah. Yep. She's like, "That's just nonsense," which of course, like you said, immediately you go, "Ah, <laughs> come on, Egwin." But of course, she doesn't want to believe that her father might be being tormented by white cloaks. Yeah, and like she's had dreams that don't seem to have meaning, so like it's is easy for her to say, you know, oh, just it's just a normal dream. It's not one of the dreams that have meaning. Yeah, she's gonna have to learn to differentiate. She probably will, pretty quickly. And the first. The first step that she takes in the world of dreams, she finds Perrin uh, chained to a pole. Well, who has chained himself to a pole? Um, she she thinks that one of his birds is trying to put a leash on him. Or yeah, a that's one of the dreams that she has. Yes. It yeah. causes me to maybe not su- to maybe suspect these birds that he's going to be hanging out with. One of them is doing something. One of them's up to something. One is a falcon, and one is a hawk. Yeah, I'm not sure if it exactly says that the hawk is trying to put a leash on him, or is trying to put a trying to strap something yes. to him, but the hawk is trying... And, she gets the feeling that the hawk is... And she also, yeah. of course, has a problem with leashes. Yes, obviously. A lot of problems with leashes. Jasper does too, apparently. He doesn't... I mean... Children don't like leashes. <laughs> Mostly, I think. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so yeah, more or less at the end of chapter 30, we have the girls have kind of uncovered this plot line and or planted evidence and or are kind of continuing their investigation. Jasper is yes. very, very happy. Yes, she is. And Matt is given, well, Matt is given one of the hall passes and also another quest. Yes. Yes. We haven't seen uh, him use one, it. One thing, to note, one thing to note from the World of Dreams as well is okay. uh, he made that Egwene runs into when she's viewing Kalendor. The sword that is not a sword. Yeah, she runs into Sylvie. And a strange man that is coming to look upon the sword. But Sylvie is suspicious as fuck. Yes. You think so, Jasper? Also suspicious. You're not into Sylvie, Jasper? No. She, uh... She seems to know a lot of things. Yeah. Seems to know more than she should. But she's also not antagonistic. Yeah, so one of Egwene's really dream know. situations is she, she views the calendar and, uh, yeah, a lady or a housekeeper type uh, elderly woman named Sylvie is there kind of being suspicious and, and also kind of urgently telling Egwene what to do and not to see the man that comes and looks at the calendar. Yes. So she does a lot of, yeah. We talked a little bit about how she sees Rand, and Rand does not believe it's her. But yeah, there's a, a lot A lot happens in that chapter. A lot happens in the initiation of Egwene chapter, and a lot happens in the Dream World chapter. Yeah. A lot. It's a very big set of chapters overall. Yeah, I mean... Anything else or any, yeah, I guess any thoughts on what's going on about, let's see, we're about, ha we're a little more than halfway. We're 30 out of 52 chapters. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, I guess, the Matt getting the, uh, one of the two notes from the Amerlin. Yes. To deliver Elaine's letter, or to deliver her on his back. <laughs> one or the other yeah I always find that that like I, it's very amusing to me that uh, one that he promises that and two that they're offended by it you know not just like oh that's silly like uh, ugh, why why would you ever say things like that like what? why are you so just... annoying Matt <laughs> <clears throat> he's just saying like that's that's how dedicated he'll be. <laughs> like, why are you why are you freaking out about this? It's weird. I like how annoyed he is by the fact that people won't just come out and be straightforward. I like I like how how annoyed he is with all Aes Sedai and the girls for that reason. I like yeah. the fact that he's like, of course I'm gonna do what I said I'm gonna do. You don't have to try to trick me into doing it. 
I like his whole attitude to, towards their lawyer bullshit. Yeah. He's definitely one of the most sympathetic characters for me. Yeah, I can really get behind that that feeling of, like, just tell me what you want. Like, what the fuck? Come on. Stop. Stop with all this nonsense. Oh, and now you don't want me to do the thing you wanted me to do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it really, that's, yeah. Yeah. That's a real, that's a real, real world feeling. <laughs> right. For sure. Matt. Matt's whole life is a is a real world feeling that I one hundred percent sympathize with. Sure. Um, but yeah, so he gets the he gets the letter of rights. He. Uh, makes his way out into the city and he starts gambling real good real good he's real good at gambling he's now incredibly good at it yeah that's why yeah i definitely noticed that when he beat up the two guys he had made a bet so that yeah. like i felt like yeah there's something there i'm sure we'll i'm sure we'll find out about his mysterious gambling ability well you also uh, should consider, like, he, um, he knows how to use a quarterstaff. He jumped off of the uh, suspended bridge between buildings. Yes. Oh, and... yeah. And killed a guy. With luck. Yeah. Did he mention yeah. that? Yeah, he was like, ah, I'm lucky. And this guy was not lucky. <laughs> yep. Like, yeah, he's got a chance. He he happened to end up on top with the guy's dagger in his chest. In in the guy's chest. So there's an X-Man called Longshot. His mutant ability is that he's just lucky. <laughs> shit yes. shit also, just works out. I think Domino is another one that's like that. Is right? she yeah, I think so. Yeah, she might have just a an extra lucky or things just tend to go her way kind of situation, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, so, uh, so Matt has, after being cured, has preternatural luck. And the, did the Aes Sedai take the dagger and have it? Did the Aes Sedai what? Did they take, did they, did they take the Shadar Logoth dagger? Yes. Okay. Yeah. They have the dagger, they have the horn. Alright, yeah. Which which they can't really do anything with while Matt remains alive. Yes. And that's where Matt is, so he could definitely be in danger by anyone that decides they would like to be the one in charge of the horn. Yeah. So hopefully exactly. hopefully these witches will keep it on lockdown. Yeah. Um, oh, another thing. Small note. Uh, Nynaeve is a great judge of character. Okay. I don't know if you noticed that, where she was like, oh, you know, the mistress of the kitchens is just a horrible, horrible person. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. 
Really? Really? Because she's she was here in here like first weekend when you guys started doing this, telling me that she wouldn't be party to breaking your spirit. Man, naive. <laughs> Just hating on the people who are trying to help you. I know. I know that too. Yeah. But like, yeah. The thing is, like, the difference between her and Egwene is like. Then he, like, learns from that mistake and, like, ah, okay. tries to, you know, get better, improve, be a better person. Egwene is always the is already the best Egwene she could be. Yeah. So there's no reason she, for her to try to improve. She's as Egwene as Egwene gets. The 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 most Egwene of everyone. Yeah. So, yeah. I think. That's everything for up to chapter 30. And 31 will be another pleasant one. Oh. With more Matt. More of Matt. Uh, I think a little bit of Tom. I'm pretty sure it's Tom. Oh. In, okay, cool. Cool. Yeah. And uh, more gambling. And then, <laughs> yeah, he has Kaylin. still not. He has still not left Tarvalon. He has not used his get away with anything pass yet. Yeah, and I don't know. We don't. Re I don't really. People do seem to get away with things in this series, but I would. I could see that going poorly when he tries to use it to leave. But we'll find out. I'm sure. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it'll. It's an adventure. Whole thing, whole thing's an adventure. I love it. Awesome. Yeah, thank you for uh, being here today. Yeah, I'm always glad to talk about it. Yeah, it's obviously this uh, this section was really big. I think the next section is going to be a little. Uh, I mean, there's there's a lot that's going on in it, but it's all going to be behind the scenes stuff that you'll find out more about you know two or three books down the line so fucking cool yeah it's good it'll be fun it's a fun time i can't wait there's a lot of layers there's a lot of little yeah there's a lot of tiny little tidbits and details that pay off yes there's a lot of things happening it gets better the further you go into it so i'm excited Alright, awesome, yeah. Big ass fantasy series. That is part two of our coverage of The Dragon Reborn. Part three will be coming up. Um, we're at uh, chapter 42 right now. And uh, yeah, some time has passed since I began editing this. I started editing this on Thursday. A lot of things happened. It's now Saturday morning. So yeah, so, so 
But I'll tell you what. I mean, it's sort of, I mean, who cares about what I'm about? I say who cares. And you know what? Honestly, who cares is a great thing to say. Andy Warhol said something about, uh, I don't know, how great it is to say who cares to whatever. It's a great way to cancel a sentence. And most sentences, sentences should be canceled. Wow. Anyway, so uh, I was talking about how, wow. Uh, happy Saturday morning. We will. <laughs> this was in the beginning of this episode, which boy feels like so long ago. <laughs> I said something about this being a two episode week because our Starfield episode is coming up and it is coming up. It'll be like between weeks. So with that, these two weeks will be a three episode fortnight. That's what a fortnight is, right? Other And now, culturally, that term is only going to mean teenagers yelling at each other in battle royales. So, uh, Starfield is next. Yes, our coverage of Bo and Friday the 13th Part 2 is coming up. I'm excited about that. Um, I'm talking to some people. I had a great talk about Kindred the Embrace last night, and other things are coming up. I still have some follow-up stuff. I'm yeah, I'm gonna be talking to Boav about Friday Part Two because it's his favorite one. So that is gonna be uh, another sort of layered episode with a couple different conversations. I like what's going on around here, and um, uh, yeah, uh, boy, since I made such a mess of all of that stuff. <laughs> I have some options. Like, I could go back and I could record this outro, you know, from back to front. I do have, you know, this, I did not have a, you know, sometimes I have a script. Sometimes I have little notes. I had a few little notes of things I wanted to say. Uh, and I made a big mess. And honestly, while I was, I ended up, my notes are covered with vampire notes and other things right now. I've destroyed, the the little sheet of notes is covered. So anyway, I could either go back and re-record this outro and do it nice or I could just leave this here I get wow that doesn't that sounds like a really it sounds like it would be really irresponsible of me to take the leave it here choice for some reason I was I mean wow yeah and it it gets even worse with where I was going because where I was going was I was gonna say maybe because this is such a messy outro I won't even do the Come talk to me on Discord. Go look at my Patreon. Give me some fucking money. Support me in various ways. Maybe I won't even do that because this is such a mess. So then I started thinking, so I can either go back and re-record everything and make it nice and say, please look at all of my bullshit. Or I could just leave leave it like this right now and go smoke a pipe and buy some Halloween candy. Um... You guys, I guess at this point, you figured out which one of those options I chose. Hey, Josh, play us out. See y'all next time. Starfield. Yeah.
I think it's awesome that you're that that it's part of like the whole town Main Street thing, and then you're you're in with the uh, the art council people. Like I think it's, dude. I think everything we're doing is amazing. I have no idea. How I'm excited for Halloween. How did any of this happen? Uh, because I pissed people off. Oh my god, that's the only thing I did. Did we trade? Yeah, maybe. Boy, I pissed everyone off for 20 years after we went to college together. Maybe that's not true. Maybe I did piss off a lot of people. I had a lot of opinions. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I'm pissing off Mr. Atheist Man right now. I'm going to talk about Dragon Reborn and when Sean Connery showed up as a dragon, and it was awesome. 